0: Hey, first off, I want to apologize for not getting this to you yesterday. If you follow me or friends of mine on Facebook, you know that my dad was taken to Templeton Health this past weekend. He slipped and fell in the shower and apparently wasn't acting much like himself leading up to that. And when he did, my mom called the paramedic, brought him to the hospital, and turns out he was fine from the fall, thank God. But... They ran some tests, and they found out that he has pneumonia. Now, he's had pneumonia previously. What complicated things this time around uh, is COVID-19. Not that he has it. He was tested for it and tested negative. But because of COVID-19, for more than a year, the gym they had been going to, they live in Paso Robles, had been closed. Well, it's opened now, but they haven't quite gotten around to getting to the gym yet. I told my dad that's really not a very good excuse because last I checked, they haven't rolled up the sidewalks there in Paso Robles. They do at night, figuratively speaking. <laughs> the town shuts down about 9 o'clock or so. But literally speaking, you can go out and take a walk whenever you want, and just because the gym is closed doesn't mean you have to stop exercising. In fact, his doctor told him before all this happened a couple weeks or so ago that Whether the gyms are open or not, he needs to get 10,000 steps in. So when he got pneumonia this past weekend, well, the pneumonia had fertile ground to work with because he wasn't in the best of shape, and it took a stronghold and took a lot of energy out of him. What's interesting is he's had pneumonia previously. It didn't hit him like it's hit him before. First of all, it was much worse. It drained his energy, but he wasn't coughing and wheezing, and it didn't really affect what seemed to be his lung capacity much at all, outwardly. Inwardly, they ran tests, and yeah, he was low oxygen levels in his blood and and all that other good stuff. So he's on antibiotics now. They gave him two rounds in the hospital. And he is back at home resting comfortably with some pill antibiotics he'll have to take for a few weeks and physical therapists coming by and the whole deal, and I'll spend a lot more time talking about Dad and how he's doing at the tail end of this podcast. But I feel compelled because it's been a while since I've done this to explain the name of this particular podcast. If this is the first time you're listening, thank you. I appreciate it. My name is Mike, and you may know me uh, from a couple different stints. I've worked in the Salinas Valley at uh, KTOM Radio there. I've worked in Las Vegas at uh, what was KWNR. I don't know what they go by now. I think it's The Bull or something like that, but I think the call letters are still the same, KWNR. I've worked in Peoria, Illinois at 104.9 The Wolf, and at all of those stops, I've used the name Mike Pesto. Now, Mike is my legal first name, Michael. So that's why this is the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast with Mike, because I don't want to use the last name that I use on the radio because it's not my real last name. One of these days I will get into the story of my actual last name, I think, because this whole podcast is about honesty, which is why you don't hear all the the intros that you'll hear on some other podcasts or music beds or sound effects I want this to be real, I want this to be raw, this is just honest to goodness me and stuff that matters to me, and hopefully it matters to you too, and obviously my dad matters quite a bit to me, which is why I will get back to talking about my dad in a moment. So that's why I just go by Mike with these, because I'm giving you my real first name. And at some point, I will give you the real last name. George, which is my dad's first name, is my middle name. So there's just two-thirds of the story right there. So why the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here podcast? Well, if you've spent any amount of time on podcasts, and I'm assuming you have. I can't imagine mine is the first you've ever listened to. If it is, thank you. That really does mean a lot to me. But every single person who has a podcast, if they're not a celebrity, like the Joe Rogan experience, and even that is clever in that it's the experience. I feel like you're not just listening to Joe, you're experiencing Joe Rogan, but he's a name. I mean, you saw him on Fear Factor years ago, so he has his celebrity podcast, and anyone else who has a podcast who isn't a celebrity or became one through having a podcast, they all have little niches. They talk about this, they talk about that, or Again, they have clever and witty names. Well, when I decided to finally sit down and do a podcast in my studio here at home, I thought long and hard about a name. And Pesto's Ponderings came up with uh, quite a few people who thought that that would be a good one. Um, Previously, I've done uh, Another Minute or Two with Mike Pesto. And it always came back to the Mike Pesto, Mike Pesto. And I'm like, yeah, see, it's... It's coming up with something clever and witty with the last name that isn't even my last name. So instead of having a clever and witty title, let's just call it the Insert Clever and Witty Name Here Podcast. And that's how you got the name. And again, why there's no sound effects, extra bells and whistles. Well, there's that reason. And the other reason is there are licensing fees (laughs) that go along with that music. And if you're going to start running commercials on your podcast, which I may at some point, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to or not, then there could be the fact that you're using somebody else's music to get paid. And then, you know, that was the downfall of Napster. So I don't want to be the one contributing to that mess. But that is what kind of brings us to these podcasts. And for those who listen, Uh, I really do appreciate it for anyone who listens to me every morning with My Mornings with Mike Pesto on the new My 97.5. I appreciate that as well. You can catch me every single day starting at 6, Monday through Saturday at 6 till 10, then Sunday at 6 till noon. But Monday through Friday is when I get a chance to really have some fun with some of the things I talk about. And one of the things I will be talking about later this week is uh, more in-depth about my dad, which, again, we will hit on at the back end of this podcast. But I did promise I wanted to talk about this. And I teased this last week. Naomi Osaka. I'm sure if you know anything about sports, specifically tennis, you know she is the number one ranked woman's tennis tennis player in the world right now. And there was this article that I came across from Yahoo Sports. This is from June 1st by uh, Shalise Manza-Young who's wrote this. If you're upset with Naomi Osaka for withdrawing from the French Open, you haven't been listening. And again, all credit to Chile's uh, uh, Manza-Young for writing this. I'll read you just a portion of it just so we're all on the same page with what's going on if you haven't heard about what's going on. Naomi Osaka has been telling us for a while that she was uncomfortable at best and suffering at worst. She said in a December 2020 Vogue cover story that she felt like she would start shaking when she had to speak in front of a crowd. She revealed nearly 13 months ago that she'd been missing out on some things because of her extreme shyness. Three years ago, she openly alluded to media that she was in the midst of a depressive episode after losing a clay court match. And she, was, and she wasn't flat out telling us. And if she wasn't flat-out telling us, it was pretty clear just from watching her she had to be in front of a microphone and cameras that she was itching to be anywhere else. So why is anyone surprised Osaka dropped out of the French Open? And most importantly, why is anyone demonizing her now? Her withdrawal on Monday was a culmination of a turbulent few days that began when she announced that in the interest of self-care and her own well-being, she wouldn't be doing media conferences during the tournament. The French Open fined her $15,000 when she stayed true to her word and did not attend her first round post-match availability and also threatened to suspend her from future Grand Slams, citing the sport's code of conduct. After Osaka withdrew, and this was 100% true, though so hypocritical it reads like an Onion-style satire, the president of the French Tennis Federation—I love this part of the story—read a statement to the media, and then— Left the room without taking any questions. And the article goes on from there. You can read the whole thing on my Facebook page. And I hope we're Facebook friends at this point. If we're not, it's Mike Pesto. And you can check out Mike Pesto throughout all platforms. I'm not on Snapchat. I used to be, but I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as well. And that article is on Facebook. There's another one, which I'll get to in just a moment, which is awesome on my Facebook page. So let's break into you know what is there so far. I don't know much about Naomi Osaka. I don't follow tennis, not just women's tennis. I don't follow tennis at all. It's just, for me, it's just not a sport that I have ever really gotten into. I'm more of a fan of watching team sports than I am individual sports. And that goes for NASCAR as well as bowling, as well as golf. I'll catch golf on occasion because I do play a little bit. not very well but i do own clubs so it's it's fun to watch players hit 330 yard drives right down the center of the fairway and if i hit a ball that far it would have to be from the movie tin cup where it hits on asphalt and then rolls that far so i i get something out of that because i've played i i never played tennis competitively i mean a little bit here and there just for exercise but you know i i do play golf with friends of mine on occasion I played a lot more before my son was born. I joke I joke with my son that he was the death of my, my golf game. I, I used to actually golf in the seventies and then my son was born and I've golfed maybe twenty times <laughs> excuse me. Twenty times since then. And uh and that was twelve years ago. So that's not a that's not a good average if you want to stay golfing in the seventies. So Needless to say, I don't follow tennis very much. So when I heard this story, I actually had to look up quite a bit about Naomi Osaka, and again, the story is is fairly accurate in saying that she has been talking about this this aspect of her personality for a year. There are tons of athletes out there. John McEnroe comes to mind if you want to stay in the world of tennis. That is more more than happy to stand in front of a microphone and tell you you know his version of the truth. I mean, he loves talking so much that now he is one of the more respected commentators when it comes to golf. As long as those athletes are out there doing their thing, I mean, I get that she's the number 1 tennis player in the world and there are members of the media who are clamoring to get some time and, and some attention from her, but that's not her thing. So at the detriment of her physical and mental well-being, because there are, I, I, I could look up other articles for you if you want, of how your mental well-being does impact your physical well-being as well. When, when someone gets so nervous about something that they feel violently ill and they actually get sick, and lose their lunch that is a physical manifestation of a, a mental condition um, it's something that I've dealt with I um, I was diagnosed a few years back with um, well I forget the uh, the actual letters again it's adult uh, uh, ADHD adult deficit I forget all the what all the letters mean but it's, yeah, it's something I've dealt with. And there have been uh, occasions. I remember a couple of years ago, there was a little music festival that took place downtown Celia, Garden Street Plaza. Tacos and Tributes, I think was the name of it. I loved going to them. And I, I love being in that situation, and I love going up on stage. I've, I was involved in, in drama and in theater from the earliest time I can remember. It, I, I feel, in a lot of ways, with my personality, I feel much more comfortable up on a stage talking to groups of people, thousands of people in an audience much more comfortable in that situation than I do face-to-face a lot of times. Um, I I have a tendency to be a little socially awkward. I think that's one of the reasons why I love being on the radio as much as I do, is I know that I'm, you know, on any given day of the week, I'm talking to thousands of people in the Central and South Valley worldwide with our mobile app, and being able to listen online at my975fm.com, I know that... Know, the reach there is, is again, worldwide. Anyone can be listening in any part of the world online with our mobile app, with Google Home Mini and Alexa. And, and, and But I'm in a room by myself. I don't see anyone. I mean, it's a perfectly comfortable situation. And when I'm in the studio, I'm not thinking for a second about all the thousands of people. And even if I looked out and I saw everyone, more often than not, I'd be okay. But... And I don't know what triggers it, but there were a couple of occasions where I was, again, in attendance at the Tacos and Tributes at Garden Street Plaza downtown Visalia, and there was probably less than 100 people there. And if for anyone who remembers the days when I used to work at um, a uh, K-Jug, 106.7 K-Jug country here in the South Valley as well, one of our sister stations. I've been up on stage where there have been thousands in the audience with Jugfest. Um, In fact, I sang a song once, a parody song that I wrote uh, with one of the artists that came to Jugfest. And I, I, if you ever catch me doing karaoke, which I've been known to do, you know I don't sing. (laughs) (laughs) And <laughs> I said, should, no, shouldn't happen, doesn't happen. But uh, I did in front of thousands of people. For whatever reason, with a couple of those appearances, with the tacos and tributes, um, anxiety, little maybe lack of sleep, whatever, uh, I I wanted to be up on that stage, but I just got. Tongue, tongue tied is the best way that I could describe it. If you had been in the audience that evening, you would have thought I was drunk. I just could not enunciate anything. I sounded like I I was, it sounded like my my wife actually, who was there that that night, the first time it happened. She asked me if my tongue was swollen. I said that's a good way of describing it. It feels like my tongue is swollen in that I I just can't get my mouth to articulate the words that I want to say. Although again I'm much more comfortable on stage. It, there there is some anxiety that that took hold of me that particular night. And again, when it comes to one-on-one interactions with people, I I am. Socially awkward. Um, one of the other things I, di- I was diagnosed with, in addition to the ad- adult attention deficit disorder, so a ADHD. There it is. Um, I forget exactly what the terminology was, but it, it's basically being socially awkward. Um, it's not. Um, I don't think it's what's the I'm trying to think. Um. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, the guy with Tesla, and I'm sure you're thinking of it, and you're yelling it at the <laughs> your computer or your phone, however you're listening to this podcast <clears throat> um, but uh asperger's is uh, uh he mentioned that when he was on s n l that he has and, and has been diagnosed with asperger's I was have not been diagnosed with that, although that wouldn't surprise me either, looking at some of the the symptoms of of that particular condition. But long and short of it is, I understand where she's coming from. I get it. And not every athlete is going to be um, Brett Favre. And I mentioned him in particular because there was another article, which you can also find on my Facebook page, where he let his opinions be known on the whole Naomi Osaka thing. Uh, This is, again, from Yahoo Sports. Actually, it's from Insider. It was through Yahoo Sports from Jackson Thompson. Brett Favre says Naomi Osaka and other athletes should talk to the media or accept fines because of the money they make. He's a little hypocritical on this, and I'll explain that in just a second. He will. So, again, this is taken directly from that article. Brett Favre doesn't exactly agree with Naomi Osaka's stance on talking to the media. On his podcast, because everybody's got a podcast, Bowling with Favre. I wouldn't call that clever or witty, but what do you know? Um, This was uh, last Wednesday, I believe. The Hall of Fame NFL quarterback addressed Osaka's withdrawal from the French Open after she was fined for skipping a press conference. This is a quote from Brett Favre on that podcast. We should talk to the media. I'm not saying you have to. You choose to be fined or not. I do think athletes are held to a different level and a different standard, and rightfully so, because of the money we make. Uh, Then, uh, apparently, he was um, reminded that uh, a while back, back in 1998, after the Packers lost 27-20 to the Lions, he, he decided he didn't want to be a part of that press conference and was called on that And he said, they said, you've got to do it. And I said, I'm not doing it. Favre said later, adding, I should have done the press conference and just owed up to it. It's just one of those things where I said, if I have nothing good to say, I'm not saying anything at all. Well, you go in there and you say that. He was fined $25,000. Okay. Um, I go back and forth on the fine thing. I think in a case of an athlete like Naomi Osaka, where it is understood that this is an athlete that is an athlete first and foremost and, and not an ambassador for your sport. Um, f- fine, she's doing the endorsements. and she's do- and, and, and Here's the solution. I just came up with this. Here's how they handle this from this point on. If she is going to attend these tournaments, French Open, U.S. Open, Wimbledon, all the, the big majors when it comes to tennis they can have their fines for her not attending press conferences. What will probably happen wouldn't surprise me in the least if this arrangement has already been made, whatever the fine is, and I would imagine it should be reduced. Because it's my understanding when athletes are fined, at least in the NFL, that fine goes into their, their fund to help out communities. So say if a player for the Atlanta Falcons does something that is finable, a finable offense from the league or the team, that fine is paid to the league, and then the league spends that money in community outreach in Atlanta. So it's almost like, um, like a, a charitable contribution that you don't get to write off, <laughs> but uh, someone within the NFL does. Do the same thing, but instead of Naomi Osaka paying that fine, have Nike step up, or Adidas or whoever it is that is is paying her for endorsements now, they pay the fine. And again, it's a reduced fine because they're aware of this going in and they do a, a public aid. Naomi Osaka will not be doing any press conferences here at Wimbledon this year, for example. However, here is her check for $100,000 paid for by us, Nike, to the Betterment Fund set up by Wimbledon, blah, 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 blah. Problem solved. She's uncomfortable doing it. Don't make her do it. There are enough other people that are doing the press conferences and are more than happy to get out there and talk to the media that, yes, it it convolutes it and it makes it a little bit more troublesome because she is the number one player in the world. But so be it. She's the number one athlete when it comes to tennis. She's not the number one spokesperson. Doesn't always work out that way. Um, there are plenty of times when um, I can think of when uh, when Sammy Sosa played for the Chicago Cubs, and I'm a huge Chicago sports fan. So a lot of the comparisons that I can come up with are going to relate to in this particular context Chicago athletes. He. It was the, the talk of baseball before the whole steroid conversation, that home run race that he had with Mark McGuire years ago where Sammy Sosa was in the lead. Then it was Mark McGuire, then Sammy Sosa, and then Barry Bonds just blew it all out of the water. But that was the beginning of the steroid saga uh, and the middle of the steroid era. That was the downfall of it, that race that went on. Because there's a pretty good chance, although I don't believe either one of those two athletes, Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa or Barry Bonds for that matter either, that none of them have stepped forward and said, yes, they absolutely took performance enhancers to enhance their performance. Um, My humble opinion, opinion, that's all it is, is, is uh, as far as I'm concerned, is a foregone conclusion. Yeah, they, they absolutely did. But again, that's just from a fan of the sport, that's... It does not pass the eye test to say that they didn't. But in Sammy Sosa's case, in a very limited way, he was used in national media because he has an accent. But Sammy would have loved to have done a whole lot more than what he did. And the only reason he didn't, and not because he was shy, but because he just was not as uh, well-spoken within the English language. Now, I'm sure the Dominican, he became a god, lowercase g, for anyone in the Dominican where he hailed from because you know he spoke the language. He had that accent. You he, he could talk to kids. In fact, as far as I know, he still lives there now to this day and is you know a national hero. But there are some that, that love that limelight like he does, and there are others that, that can't stand it. Uh, Right now, um, Mike Trout is like the athlete in baseball. He's very well-spoken. He's not afraid of the camera. He is a tremendous athlete. But if he was someone who was not as comfortable in front of the camera, Major League Baseball would find somebody else. There is always going to be someone who wants to be in the limelight, just as there will probably always be someone that doesn't want to be in the limelight. Uh, Zach Granke comes to mind. Zach Granke, if you don't know anything about his story, he, um, I forget which organization he came up with, but he played four years on the Dodgers, was on the Diamondbacks. He, he, he's a different dude. He's, he's cut from a different cloth. Um, not, doesn't seem to be all that comfortable In settings, in fact, he had said before he really established himself as a dominant major league starting pitcher that he wanted to go back into the minors and become a shortstop. He didn't want to be a pitcher anymore because, I think, one of the reasons being all the pressure that is on you as a pitcher. If you're a shortstop, you you go entire games without having a ball hit to you. And you get the attention of every... person in the stadium four times a game when you're at bat if you are lucky enough to have four at bats whereas if you're the pitcher every single time the ball is about to be put into play every single eye in the stadium is on you and i I don't think he was a big fan of that and even as popular as he was at one point being the most dominant pitcher in baseball i don't think he had any national endorsement deals because that's just not how he was wired so I'm sure at the time, Major League Baseball, I'm sure they had an ambassador. This is before Mike Trout really grabbed that mantle and ran with it. But I'm sure there were others that were more than happy to say, oh, Zach Ranke doesn't want to do it. Sure, I'll be more than happy to be the the face and the voice of Major League Baseball. And uh, so, again, Mike Trout was ready to take that and run with it. So there will always be those athletes that are more than happy to to get out there and do those things and to to be the face of whatever sport it happens to be. LeBron James is a perfect example of someone who obviously um, loves the limelight, doesn't mind being in it, uh, puts you under more of a microscope when you don't do well or have tirades. And I'll let you do your own research on that if you want to look up LeBron James <laughs> and see what pops up anytime this week. But there's another story for another day. Um same thing goes with any line of work. I mean, there, there are actors. Um I, I'm I'm blanking on his name right now. Daniel Day Lewis. Before he retired, and he has officially retired from acting now, which means nothing. He could come back whenever he wants. But there was a time when Daniel Day Lewis was the actor's actor. Daniel Day Lewis was never in more than one movie every four to five years or so. In fact, I'm going to look it up before I get to this story about, no, get more into Brett Favre. And I may or may not go back to that. I just want to look this up and just see from International Movie Database. I got to do this from now on. I actually have my iPod uh, right here with me so I can kind of look things up on the fly. That's one of the things I love about having technology. We have Google Home Minis in the house. And I constantly lose arguments to Google Home Mini now because. (laughs) I say something, the kids say something else, and next thing you know, we're asking Google Home Mini what the truth is, and, well, I didn't do all that well on that one. But I've always said I want to be about, it's not about me being right, it's about getting it right. So D-A-N, Daniel Day-Lewis. All right, so I just want to see how many movies he was actually in. 30 credits, 30 credited movies. And just look at the pacing on this. Um, starting of 1997, he was in The Boxer. Then 2002, Gangs of New York. 2005, The Ballad of Jack and Rose. 2007, There Will Be Blood. 2009, 9. 2012, Lincoln. 2017, Phantom Thread. 2018, For the Hungry Boy. And that was just a video short, and that's the last thing that he's been in. And it you, know, and then conversely, you look up Samuel L. Jackson, who, and again, perfect example. You see him everywhere. He does everything. He likes being in the limelight. Daniel Day-Lewis doesn't, and no one forces him to. He acts he'll be at award ceremonies if he wins he'll accept and speak and then you won't see him again for another three or four years when he decides to make his next movie samuel L. jackson will be a presenter we'll be at award shows we'll hit the red carpet we'll do all of that there's no obligation to it and we shouldn't force anyone out of their comfort zone you're not paying them to be an ambassador if they are great it's a win-win for everybody and I'm sure all things being equal, Naomi Osaka would prefer to have that type of personality. She doesn't. So you want to you punish her for that? Because she's not wired the way you want her to be? She's probably not wired the way she wants to be. So leave her alone already. Um, and that includes Brett Favre as well. All right, so that's only really what I want to say about that. Um want to spend the rest of the time talking about my dad if that's okay. I mentioned early on that he was taken to the hospital, pneumonia was tested for a host of other things and thank God everything came back negative although it was kind of baffling to us with the symptoms that he had just being drained of energy and having like a glassy look in his eyes and, and just you could just tell he was not himself. My dad and I are very similar in our personalities. Uh, very, um, I don't want not say dry sense of humor, but very sarcastic sense of humor. Um, I, I tend, I have a tendency to to err on that side quite a bit. And I'm sure I get it from my dad, and that that was gone for a few days. There, he started getting that back Monday when I left, and um, I, I want to thank Randy, my program director, and Bill, my general manager um for allowing me that day off um with no notice whatsoever <laughs> yeah because I wasn't sure when I would be coming back I wasn't even sure I'd be on the air this morning which I was um and I spent a little time talking about my dad there my dad and I have I, I hesitate calling it a strained relationship. It's getting, it's gotten much better. With COVID 19, it really has gotten better because my sister moved to Boston a year or so ago. And one of my nephews who used to live in Paso Robles is now going to Sacramento State. So he doesn't live in the area. My other nephew, my oldest nephew, still lives in Paso Robles. So there's somebody there. But I'm two hours away. My sister is four or five hours away flying. So I've I've done a much better job since COVID checking in with them on a daily basis. I, I call, typically I call and talk to my folks every single day. And it's fun when you have that relationship with someone. When you talk to them every day, you start talking with them as though they're friends of yours as opposed to family. And by that I mean if you have a relative that you talk to once a month or so or on holidays, special occasions, birthdays, it's hey, how are you? What's going on? And it's almost like a Facebook post. You just give the or like a, a Christmas letter. I don't know if you've ever gotten those from family members or friends, or maybe you do do those when you do the whole the whole year in review letter along with your Christmas card. You get one of those conversations. Well, you know, so-and-so's off of college now, and it's all about the me, 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 my life, you, 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 your life. Okay, well, let's talk again and not have so much time go by. Click, and then a year later you talk to that person again. When you talk every day, it's suddenly, hey, did you watch the game last night? Did you see this? What's your opinion on that? Did you hear about this going on? So... My relationship with both my parents has evolved to that now where we talk about what's going on politically. We talk about what's going on in sports. Because for the longest time, and I may have mentioned this on a previous podcast, that the only way my dad and I used to connect, and he pointed this out once to me, and rightfully so, um, in talking about sports, he has a pessimistic view on quite a few things. And that comes to our favorite sports teams as well. So when they lose a game, it's a losing streak. They've lost one game, Dad. <laughs> it's okay. Every team loses at least one game. There's only been one team in all of football that went the entire season undefeated, the Miami Dolphins, from years ago. So everybody loses at least one. It's okay, Dad. Um, But it's... Uh, We'd have conversations, and there are times I, I get frustrated, and I tell him, I, I, I just don't want to talk about it anymore. I just don't want to talk about it anymore. Dad, Dad, I don't want to talk about sports. And at one point he pointed out, well, we have nothing else to talk about because that's all we talk about. And he didn't say it to be mean. It was it, it was a very dead-on observation. And I thought about it. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's how we connect. It's like the scene from Sidious Slickers*. Um, when well, they around the campfire, and I forget the the name of the actor, but he was talking about you know, there are times my dad and I couldn't talk about anything, but we could talk about sports, and that was real. And, um, I think about that line. I think about my dad because that's the relationship that I have with my dad, or had had, um, since we started talking every single day. That changed. And. You know, I I get to hear more of his opinion on other things because he's retired now. spends a lot of time watching TV news, <laughs> national TV news, and he'll tell me, uh, "Do you hear so and so say this? did this?" He just say so and so did that. Did you hear about that? And more often than not, most of the things that he brings up are things I've already know a little bit about. Uh, what he knows about is what the commentator on this network or that network had to say about it and then whether he agrees with that commentator or not. So I get I get to hear the facts as well as uh, the talking head's opinion on it. And I like that we have those conversations now that have gotten to be a little bit more in-depth. Um, I have more personal conversations with my mom. I don't know if my dad and I will ever be on that level um, to discuss personal things. Uh, I remember... Years ago, the talk with my dad, we were driving, uh, this is when we lived in Huntley, Illinois. I'm sorry, the village of Huntley, Illinois, which uh, is is just outside of Crystal Lake and Woodstock, if you're familiar at all with that area, McHenry County, Illinois, outside of Chicago, well outside of Chicago. And we were driving to go to this um, par three, nine-hole course, just to kind of, hit the ball around and I could tell he was nervous about something and as we're driving didn't slow down didn't stop just as we're driving said yeah you know son if you ever have any questions about anything you know you can ask me <laughs> that, was it. that was our entire the talk uh and I'm like yeah yeah dad I I know, I know. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, "That's it, huh? That's that's the talk I'm going to get. Not even a picture book. All right, fine." Um, but that's my dad. Um, you know, it, it's not in his comfort zone. My my dad is is a guy's guy. My dad is a something is broke. It's my job to fix it. And um, at one point years ago, we actually my the, my dad and I through family therapy we all went to as a as a family we went to family therapy at one point and maybe i'll get into the reason behind that at one at some point but my dad and some, some things came up in family therapy that the therapist thought you know what to, to really get to the heart of your relationship i think i want to talk to you two, just you two without the without the girls my mom and my sister it's just the four of us growing up and i pointed out to my dad i said dad just because i bring something to you something that's wrong at school at work whatever it happens to be i'm not bringing it to you to have you fix it i'm just i'm just telling you because i want to share things with you because i care about you i'm not bringing them to you because i want you to worry about them or because i want you to fix them or i want you to do anything about them i just want just want you to listen and i'm again i'm a lot like my dad my, my wife comes to me with things and I, I don't know what to do a lot of times because I see my job as I'm, I'm supposed to fix things. I'm the man. And sometimes my wife just wants me to listen and I need to get better at that. And you know, thinking about my dad's pneumonia and knowing a few years ago, um, we thought, we might lose him with a subdural hematoma that he had and had to have holes drilled into his skull to relieve pressure. And and thank God that did the trick. Um, The symptoms that he had with this were very much the same. And my mom kept on asking, are you sure it's not that? Because it seems a lot like that. And All you're doing is running the test for the pneumonia. Uh, And they assured her that Yes, pneumonia can affect you in this way. It's just not as known or talked about, but this this is a, a symptom of pneumonia. And the fact that he had not been getting to the gym on a regular basis that probably led to the fact that this hitting him as hard as it did. Um, it's it's, it's going to devastate me when, um, when he's gone. I don't know if you've seen the movie Onward, Disney-Pixar. But um, the first time we saw that at the end of the movie I, I bawled I didn't I didn't sob, I didn't cry. I lost it and my kids were there and my wife was there and she, and she came over and my wife started hugging me she said what's wrong? what's wrong? I mean if you've seen the movie for the most part it's a comedy but it gets to the end and I don't want to ruin it for you if you haven't seen it you got to see it if you haven't seen it And I just said, at some point, he's going to be gone, talking about my dad. And and I know that now, and I still take my time with him for granted. Uh, Maybe we're just wired that way because we, we, we can't possibly live every single moment with someone as though it's going to be our last moment with them. Um, But I need to try more to do more of that and have more of those moments with him. And if they're a little uncomfortable, so what? They're a little uncomfortable. I'd rather have an uncomfortable moment with him now than look back after he's gone and think about a moment that could have been that wasn't. Now tomorrow isn't promised to any one of us so don't um don't think there's time to repair a relationship that matters to you or to get in the habit of talking to someone more often. Just get there. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna miss both of my folks when they're gone i I've, I've been blessed to have them as long as I have. I know many don't. And, um, yeah, it's going to hurt. But um, it's something that we're all born and we all die. And if you believe in life ever after, which I do, I have to know that I'm going to see them again someday. And I need to enjoy the time I have with them now. So I will. So as soon as I finish this up, I'm going to call my folks. <laughs> uh, as always, thank you for, um, for indulging me for 45 minutes at a time every single week. I try not to have these go any longer than that because I know your time is valuable and there are other podcasts you want to listen to, or maybe you have to have time to come up with your own podcast. Um, But thank you for listening to this one. It really does mean a lot to me that you take your time out, whether this is the first one that you've heard or you've checked out every single one, and all my others are there for you to listen. Again, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're checking out this one, uh, please do give them all a listen. And if there's anything you want me to talk about, specifically any questions you have, um, I do mean this. Reach out anytime on Facebook or uh, the best way, Probably is email me Mike Pesto m i k e p e s t o at m e dot com and uh, I hope you have a safe week. Keeping in mind that we've got seventies and uh, well, do we have seventies and well, upper seventies, eighties and nineties for the most part this week. Back into the triple digits next week here in the South Valley, so get ready for it. Summer is a coming. And I'll be back in net again next week to uh, talk about whatever comes up next week. Thanks for the time.